0: This it was given me to know, that many worlds have been enslaved by the beast and his army, the slayers. And this too was given me to know, that the beast would come to our world, the world of Krull, and his black fortress would be seen in the land that the smoke of burning villages would darken the sky and the cries of the dying echo through deserted valleys. But one thing I cannot know, whether the prophecy be true, that a girl of ancient name shall become queen, that she shall choose a king and that together they shall rule our world, and that their son, ...shall rule the galaxy.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Uncanny Cinema. We have a Star Wars knockoff for you here today. We are going to be looking at 1983's Crawl, And uh, we've got some stuff to dig into on the production, on the plot of this film, on the missteps of this film, which are many... <laughs> Uh, on some of the possibly redeeming aspects of this film so yeah we're going to be digging into crawl which is uh, a first time viewing for everyone on the panel none of us had uh, seen crawl before i had vaguely been aware
2: of it what's that oh great i didn't know i didn't know this was a first time viewing for all of us
1: yeah i uh, I had been vaguely aware of it I think basically because of the poster. The poster kind of grabs you because they have the villain on the cover um, and we can talk more about him coming up. but the the poster works at least with the the look of the villain and so it always kind of stuck in my head. but uh, it's been one of those kind of floating out there forever. and so I got a couple of fans here of uh, of the Star Wars series along with me. And we'll look at the film, you know, in relation to that, along with, um, you know, just how *Crawl* does or doesn't work. So, some background information. It was directed by Peter Yates, and he was a director of some note. He did direct the pretty famous Steve McQueen movie, Bullet. He did the movie The Deep, which was a famous Jaws knockoff that came out a year or two after Jaws. And I'm pretty sure was based off of Peter Benchley's book as well. So they basically just like, oh, Jaws worked? What else did this guy write? Let's do that. <laughs> and it's a different big fish monster that's killing people. Okay. Uh, he did Breaking Away, which was a pretty big movie in the 80s. Like a smaller, you know, like a Made an Impact kind of indie type vibe and then he did the 1980s version of the dresser which is based on a play and it's the like where there's a um an actor who i think is essentially like going through senility and he just well he was playing king lear and then his like dresser like this kind of guy who's like his assistant has this relationship with him and it all takes place like backstage and they did a remake recently with anthony hopkins and ian mckellen which is a phenomenal pairing to see them both on screen i've seen that version i've never seen the 1980s version of that of this but yeah what's odd is that the guy that movie released the same year as crawl so he's doing this like very like low-key minimal set artsy theater thing and then he's releasing crawl the same year so uh The most
2: expensive movie of, like, all time
1: (laughs) at that point. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, some other background information. Stanford Sherman uh, wrote the script. He also wrote a lot of Batman episodes in the 1960s Batman TV show.
0: That explains a lot. Wow.
1: (laughs) He did uh, the script for Any Which Way You Can, the Clint Eastwood movie. And he also did the script for Ice Pirates, which is another famous bad Star Wars kind of knockoff movie from the eighties. Uh, I think that I think that was only a couple years after this. So uh, he got he got big into the uh, the fantasy <laughs> opus genre there. <laughs> James Horner, the famous James Horner, did the music for this. Uh, James Horner did the music for. I didn't look him up in full, but he's done tons and tons of scores before he died. Um, but Star Trek 2. Uh, the Wrath of Khan. Uh, he did Aliens. The score for Aliens. Jerry Goldsmith did the original Alien, but uh, Horner did Aliens. I'm pretty sure Horner did Cocoon, and I think he did Field of Dreams, um, huh. and he did a lot of others. Uh, I think Mask of Zorro. He was also famous for like reusing and copying his own scores. So if you <laughs> listen through, there's like YouTube comparisons of like, yeah. oh, he's just like taking full portions of this score and reusing it from aliens over for this movie so he did some really good stuff I, I like a lot of his scores but he did seem to rip himself off or be really weirdly lazy i don't know <laughs> but has some very good scores uh the score for this uh, i would say arguably you know works fairly well for what they're trying to do uh other background information this movie cost about 13 or 30 million uh, is the rough estimate And it made 17 million, so not a success. And as a comparison, so this movie came out in 1983. As a comparison, the original Star Wars cost 11 million and then went on to make all the money in the world. (laughs) But Star Wars, so that was six years prior, cost 11 million. This movie definitely, I would say, looks better, more professional, I would say, in certain regards than the original Star Wars. It doesn't work nearly, nearly as well. It, it doesn't is. have the charm or anything like that. But you know, there's some sections of Star Wars where it's like, yeah, this is slapped together as best they could. This movie mm-hmm. does have a bit more polish. Um, but but as comparison, beyond that, it's a polished. Empire Strikes turd. Back. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back came out in um, uh, you know 1980, so three years prior, and it cost 33 million. And so, you know, so this is right around the ballpark of Empire, which if you ever compare Empire to Star Wars and just looking at the look of them, there's definitely an, you know, an Mm -hmm. uptick in quality for that um, because they had triple the budget uh, from Star Wars. And then Jedi, which came out the same year as this, is estimated between like 32 and 42 million. Um, So, you know, roughly comparable, but obviously it has a bit more than uh, than this one. Okay. So uh, beyond that, it has a whole cast of characters of people you have never seen before in your life. <laughs> there's only there's a there's a few that were like, okay, I recognize this or that person. There's a, a princess character who's played by Lisette Anthony. Uh, she's also dubbed by an American actress. She sure yeah. is very distracting. That's crazy.
2: But uh, she got George yeah. Lazenby.
1: <laughs> well, I read uh, I read the reason they did that was because she's British, I guess. And the producers thought, oh, American audiences would okay. rather see an unknown American actress than an unknown British actress. And it's like, I don't think anybody's going to care. And it's so much more distracting when you can tell it's not her voice coming out of that mouth. Also,
0: they really think that was the problem. They're Like, oh, OK, that's 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 an issue that we can solve here. That'll that'll fix the movie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> so she's one of the the you know main people in the movie. Um, she's second build. I did recognize her. I wasn't totally sure where, and I looked her up. She has been in a handful of things, um, but the thing that I probably most recognize her from is she is one of the characters in Dracula Dead and Loving It, the uh, the God. one of the final Mel uh, Brooks movies. Um, so I, I think she. I don't know if she is uh, Mina Harker in that the the victim of dracula or if she's like one of the friends or something but anyway she is in that the only other person that i really recognized was there is a a guy uh who plays ergo the magnificent who is a sort of uh magiciany type guy and that is david batley and anyone who uh is a big fan of willy Wonka and the chocolate factory would recognize him as mr turpentine who is Charlie oh, Bucket's okay. teacher? Who uh, two? What do you mean you only opened two? Um, so <laughs> that, that guy totally shows him. up. Okay.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Yeah. So those uh, those are the people that I recognized. Beyond that, I don't know. Um, like well, Liam Neeson. That's a lie. I was going to say oh, you recognize oh,
0: freaking Liam Neeson. Yes, Linton. Liam Neeson. <laughs>
1: Liam Neeson. Well, he's not in the list that I have yeah. in front of me because he was like so far down build. Yeah, Liam it would be Neeson. fun
2: if it would be fun if you were like who? <laughs> 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 like I know the teacher from uh, Willy Wonka. But <laughs> All right, so Liam Neeson
1: shows up, and uh, is it Robbie Coltrane? Yes, his name? Hagrid. Yeah. yeah, Hagrid shows up. They're in uh, very small roles, very early in their careers. They're like ruffians on the road, uh, part of a, a band of men. So, uh, yes. so they pop in. All right. But yeah, then there's other characters that are, you know, played by actors that I I think some of them are English and some of them are like character actors and things. So you might recognize them from something, but I sure didn't. Okay.
0: Speaking of (laughs) characters that you don't know or characters Mm -hmm. you're not sure who they are, who are we, Linton?
1: I was directly going into that, Jack. I always give some background (laughs) information on the film and then I lead into... Have n't you been on the show a lot? No, not enough. Okay, so here's Jack, who uh, apparently forgets how our show operates. Welcome, Jack. (laughs) Greetings, Linton. And also joining us is Steve, who has been on Franchise Strikes Back with me, and he and our friend Fab's co-host Revenge of the 90s.
2: Yeah, uh, good to be here. I think I'm up the list a little bit on guests. It's like my fourth or fifth appearance.
0: Yeah, we I'm can. In the middle can... of the pack, maybe. Oh, fourth or fifth, huh? Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, I think I mean, she and Eric were in like the mid teens or something. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, hey. <laughs> you have like fun.
0: two other podcasts, all right? Get up, get over it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I would have you on more often, but you're usually doing 90s, so it's like, well, let's well, ask you constantly. So.
2: If there is anything I like to do, it's overextending myself with two kids, so. <laughs> But yes, thank you for having me on. I'm very excited to have been crawled. I cannot wait to (laughs) to talk about this.
1: Yes, and just to be clear, I mean, you probably should be able to see it if you uh, looked at the actual, like, information when this pops up. But if somehow, you know, you just, like, get our episodes and you're just hearing it without seeing what the title is, it is Crawl. K-R-U-L-L. So not Crawl, like the uh, alligator movie that came out uh, a couple years ago. And not Kull. I think a friend of mine mistook it for that. There's like Call the Conqueror, which was a sort of Conan thing in the 80s. Hmm. So this is Krull. And in this film, Crawl is a planet. And uh, the only other, like, I guess, like, I'll just give some very overarching idea of this. Because we're going to, like, dig into the plot weirdness as we go. But it takes place on the planet Crawl uh originally it was going to be called like the dragons of crawl because they were going to have an actual like dragon or dragons be the villains and Mm -hmm. i think originally from what i read it was going to be basically just like a straight fantasy movie Mm -hmm. and so it was not going to what this what this arguably would be considered is like a space fantasy like a space opera basically like star wars But what's weird in watching it is even though they're clearly aping Star Wars in a lot of regards, and even though they're clearly like using that to springboard and try to make their own successful film or film franchise, what's weird that struck me is like virtually nothing about this movie has anything to do with space. And I'm not saying that you like, you have to do that. But what's weird is like the villains come from space. They come from a spaceship and it lands on the planet Crawl. Everything from that point out plays out like a really bad Princess Bride. Yes. <laughs> like, like, it's just this fantastical <laughs> world where there's, like, creatures and stuff and things happen. But, like, there's no space travel. There's no Mose There's no, like, creatures coming from another planet or anything. It's just, like, this planet is its own entity. I mean, I guess you could compare it to, like, old episodes of Star Trek where they would land and then just the action happens on this planet. But it mm-hmm. is a little odd that you you didn't need the space aspect because it does nothing. It does, like, absolutely. The, the the invaders could have just as easily come from under the ground, or they could have come from over the mountains, or just, mm-hmm. they could have been somewhere else.
0: Well, and their spaceship is literally just a mountain, and inside right. it, it just is like caves. Like, it's not, there's nothing spaceship about it. It's so ridiculous.
2: Yeah. I also so, like that there's no, uh, there. I, I like that there's no mention of space it opens with space in a very so Star Wars shot where yes. it looks yes. like a Star Destroyer coming oh, over. It's, like, yeah, they, they like totally, it's totally
1: taken. rip yeah. off the, the, the spaceship flying right yeah. by the camera shot. Yeah,
2: which is a cool, you know, you're getting like amped up. I'm like, oh, OK, here we go. This could be good. And then like the rest of the movie. You completely forget that that was even at the beginning until the very end when there's a very out of place narration that's like, yes. oh, and then their son ruled the galaxy, and you're just like, oh yeah, I guess.
0: <laughs> it starts with a sure. prophecy and it ends with that prophecy, and it's like, well, that was nothing. That was completely yeah, like, pointless. Ev-
1: everything in between <laughs> um, was like, oh, so this unrelated is unrelated what- entirely gets us i also wonder um yeah the (laughs) prophecy we're you know we're going real off the rails right at the beginning but since it does open the film and close the film yeah they the prophecy they say is that it's based so in in a nutshell the the movie opens with these two families of these like uh you know ruling houses in some faraway land kind of idea and this, uh, you know, prince and princess are going to be married and merge the kingdoms, but then our evil villain comes and captures the princess, and that's what propels what little plot there is for the rest of the story. <laughs> but they do say this at the beginning, that these two are fated to, like, rule over um, the kingdom. The, the, no, they they shall rule the world. Okay, so what it said is they shall rule the world, and their son shall rule the galaxy, and so it reiterates it at the end with no sun present. There's nothing. We don't see a birth or anything. <laughs> and so, but but when it reiterated, I was like, did we just watch the story of like space Hitler's parents? Because like <laughs> their son's going to rule the galaxy. Like, that doesn't sound like a good thing. That's not usually <laughs> yeah, a right. positive. Mm
0: hmm. But anyway. and it doesn't.
2: It wouldn't appear that they would have any capabilities for being able to travel in space.
0: Yes, like that's this a great doesn't point. appear to
2: be a planet that they would because they don't even have any weapons that can take on the slayers. What oh would make God. you think they have the capabilities? Right, well, to Well,
1: before we get too before we, we we already before we get too far, I, I do as tradition. I have to ask, what do we make of crawl? We've already dug into it, but just an initial impression, crawl.
0: So take all of the unnerving, strange aspects of NeverEnding Story and take all of the interesting (laughs) aspects away. Uh, And yeah, like you said, mix in a little bit like Princess Bride and Dark Crystal and just make sure you get rid of anything even remotely uh, endearing, interesting, fun, and you have this movie.
2: Yeah. I... I would say that this movie has about like a thousand half-baked ideas <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like there, and and so some of them become half-interesting where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this could be like, you know, that sequence in The Great Swamp. It's like there's some stuff there that could be good and it disappears so quick or it's like oh the widow of the web sounds pretty cool but boy the execution <laughs> was isn't. pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> and then you and then you get to the scene and you're like oh what this why is... did i think this would be good i uh, will yeah. um, say
1: when the when the credits came up they introduce all these people and then it does one of those and blank kind of things where it's like and marlon brando as Zorel kind of things yeah, yeah. um And Francesca Anas as the widow of the web. (laughs) And I was like, oh, we're in for something special here.
2: (laughs) But I was incorrect. (laughs) We were not.
0: (laughs) We were not. Not not at all.
2: No, I think that that's... It it actually is, like, a pretty compelling movie in how it manages to be boring in almost every, like, aspect of what it does. (laughs) And, like... It's one of, it's like a movie where like you, you totally get a bunch of friends around and you just goof on it. Yes. And and it's there are movies that. like that. There are, those are great endearing movies for that regard. Like I'm not thinking this is a movie that I'm gonna ever sit down and watch on its own merit, but if like some friends were like ha- or had never seen it and were like, Let's just watch a movie to goof on, crawl's gonna be it because it's true. there's a lot to go crazy about. Um so I mean to in that regard I find Crawl to be, like, compelling, but as a movie in general, <laughs> what a train wreck. <laughs> so my, uh, my
1: summation of Crawl, and it kind of dovetails into what Steve is saying here, this hit me maybe about halfway through the movie because... I would say the movie itself is not... I don't think it's outright horrible. I've seen much worse movies. I've seen much worse produced movies. Fair. But but that said, it's not enjoyable either. And there's only, like, maybe a couple parts where you're like, oh, that ki- that's kind of neat, or I could see where that could have gone. And I couldn't quite crack, like, why it was so... Why that disconnect was there. Because they did spend some money on this, and they're definitely trying Like there's, there's effort being put into this. So I couldn't quite tell, like, not that, not that I haven't seen bad films, but I couldn't quite tell what is it that is making it like, like you're saying, Steve, like just so boring and uninteresting. It's not fun. Yeah. Well, it's not fun, but the thing I landed on was, uh, so the line I wrote was it's like, you're walking into season three of a TV show with no prep. Like Mm -hmm. in Star Wars, Mm -hmm. they explain the force and they introduce the force Mm -hmm. by way of like Luke doesn't know what it is. And Mm -hmm. then they have Han who's like, ah, the force is bullshit. So you get this kind of vibe of like how it could be seen and how Obi-Wan sees it. And you're seeing it through Luke's eyes of like, oh, the force, what's this? Same thing with like Marty McFly. Marty McFly is the audience surrogate. Like, we don't know fucking time travel shit, so Doc has to tell him, (laughs) i.e. us. This movie will, like, have characters throw out lines kind of like that, but they'll just be, like, really half-formed, and there's not a whole lot of thought between, like, here's what our goal is as the screenwriters, here's what we're trying to convey. So it'll be like, oh, here's Old Man to say... You know, ah, this weapon's important. Like, it is? Mm -hmm. Sure is. Moving on. (laughs) And, like, (laughs) so we never are able to, like, latch on and be like, oh, that scene was really effective. And that's why I said, like, it felt like you're in season three of a TV show. Because I I, I could imagine if someone was walking into Game of Thrones for the first time and they had no none of the backstory and they're just watching a random episode and there's all this other stuff that you're expected Mm -hmm. to just get. And that's kind of how this movie, and the movie isn't doing it in any kind of like cool or, um, you know, like ballsy way. It's just doing it out of ineptness, but it it feels that way like they're like they're holding back. But really, I think it's just they didn't really. Well, it it genuinely is they didn't know what they were doing because the script kept getting reworked. Mm. They kept changing right. a lot of aspects. Like I said, originally at one point it was just a straight up fantasy then they're throwing in the space stuff because clearly some producer must have been like, oh, this has to be fucking set in space because we are trying to compete <laughs> yeah. with Star Wars. You
0: guys heard of that Star Wars movie? Let's do some of that.
1: But uh, <laughs> but yeah, beyond that, like I read one of the reasons for the production being as expensive as it was, which Steve indicated earlier, was like it was one of the most expensive movies at the time like to have come out ever at that time. So one of the reasons for that was they kept altering concepts and so the production design team and all that like they had to keep being like oh that makes so
0: much sense we
1: have to do it like this now mm-hmm. the the forest has to look this way the interior of the villain's lair has to be smooth shapes like we're in some <laughs> kind of you know like weird uh you know uh i don't know like amusement park ride oh yeah, yeah. that's a good yes um but yeah so so it I think that's what it is at the end of the day is there's just a lot of, uh, probably too many cooks in the kitchen and there's just Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff happening. And so, yeah, for me, that's where it lands is that I'm just watching it. And like, I don't know what scenes are supposed to have weight and value. I don't know what scenes I'm supposed to be drawn to of like, this is important. This is something that I should care about. I mean, other than the fucking glaive or whatever, which is, so ill-defined. But yeah. anyway, that's what i, mean, got I think got. Open it up for anything else.
2: This movie feel, to your point, Linton, and I was going to say kind of the same thing, is it feels so weirdly inaccessible. Yeah. Like, there's nothing... In, from the very beginning, it was like, there's nothing... And I think it also shows the difficulty in making, you know, movies like this and why it's so impressive when like they a movie like Star Wars uh, pulls it off is, you know you're you're introducing some like crazy new world and the way star wars or like back to the future like you said works so well is because you have characters that like help ground you to it or even like even like these high concept stories you still like are able to like understand like like star trek does it really well where like a lot of that dialogue in star trek is them just saying a bunch of (laughs) made-up spaceship words where they're like the blah 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 is broken and you're like okay
0: reverse the polarity
2: Yeah, right. It's, like, something to guide you to the next point, you know? But there's, like, a human element to it that is really what eventually, like, grounds you to, you know, the the characters. And all the space stuff's cool, too. But with this, it's, like, they were kind of like what you were saying. It's, like, let's just say a bunch of words, fantasy words, and, like, that'll get us through this. You know, Mm -hmm. there are no characters worth cheering about. The king, the king, Colwyn, is, like the most bland dope <laughs> <laughs> in a movie and like and also is like you know not super redeeming you know he he's like a nice enough guy but like in that scene where the cyclops c- gets crushed in the black fortress saving uh-huh. everybody mm-hmm. he just flat out leaves him he doesn't <laughs> like, even have a why? moment of like he doesn't even have a moment of, like, hesitation where he's like, but you, saw, like, Rel, or whatever his name was. I think he's Rel is correct. just like, see ya! <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. There's, like, just, like, and there's just no time spent on him as a character to make me give a shit. None um, of them. You know, I don't care about any yeah. of the characters. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, we, I mean, we we spend time with each of the characters, but I don't think we spend any valuable time. We don't spend <laughs> any no time. There's no quality
0: time. Yeah, it's We don't
1: like... well, we don't spend any time getting to know them like again comparing back to Luke and you know we could it's easy to make the comparisons to Star Wars but hey this movie invites it like we get to know what Luke's life is like on Tatooine and like that he's this whiny little kid and that, but he wants right. adventure and he feels the stuck there. somewhere
0: yeah
1: yeah so like we get an idea of like where he's coming from and then Han obviously when he walks on screen immediately he's just Harrison Ford cocky bastard self and we're just right there for it mm-hmm. and uh, you know then he continues on so like but but here you get you get tropes as characters, You just, you get archetypes, but they don't do anything. So it's like, oh, here's the old man character. Here's the zany wizard sidekick. Like you, you, you recognize who they're supposed to be, yeah. but there's nothing of any value when they're actually in the scene.
0: And, and the, the, um, old wizard guy or something who is following him around and supposed to be like his mentor. I think literally his name is the old one
1: the old one yes
0: that's his name well
1: well i guess his name is actually in But uh, yeah but then the old one i guess is they his call title, him the old and one
0: it. and that's yeah. like okay and they're like ah from the granite mountains and it's like i don't know what that is nor do i care and that's all yeah. you get until <laughs> a long power? scene later with uh you get a lot of his like uh backstory sort of uh what he's comes... the main
2: character he, beca- like, with, because of one. that scene, because yes, of he- that scene in the Widow of the Web, yeah. he becomes the main character. You're <laughs> it's like, for real.
0: Like, you how is it that backstory. the king is
2: not the one doing this? Oh, That's the craziest thing to me. It's
0: just the worst. It's so bad. And, okay, something that we have not talked about fully yet that drove me totally insane. So we've talked a lot about how it's the only space element is, like, the opening credits. Uh, and then also the bad guys have lasers, like laser guns. Um, the only thing any other character in the movie has to fight these lasers is swords. So it's like the the producers heard all oh, their laser swords in that movie? We can do that. And then just like, whoops, got them separated. Lasers and swords. And yet somehow the good guys win a lot, yeah, even right. though it's versus lasers, and it's not even like they use their swords or even shields or anything to bounce the lasers back. There's no creativity. It's just they shoot the lasers at them, nothing happens, so they kill them with swords, and it's insane.
1: But the swords are like lightning swords or have the ability to be lightning swords. So, like, because there's a clear lightsaber thing. I don't think the swords are like that all the time. I mean, they're definitely not lit up like lightsabers, but basically how it operates in the movie is... There are points where the swords will like crash on some of the villains, and it like lights
2: up with this like. I
0: think it was red... just the beginning. I think it was just the beginning. Okay, well, I it's, don't it's, think it yeah, happened. I remember ever that again. part.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I do remember <laughs> that part at the beginning. It lit and then up it never with seemed like, like that 1980s
1: again. like lightning, like red lightning effect, mm-hmm. and it has a sound effect, and it's very clearly <laughs> trying to ape a Star Wars lightsaber, but it's an actual sword, actual that is physical doing sword. This and then yeah as jack is saying there's also laser blasts that happen so so real early out of the gate and since you know the star wars stuff is right here we have the opening we have those aspects what are some other similarities we'll say to star wars
0: when this is a stupid one but when the bad guys die, does anybody know what the bad guys are called i suddenly forget the slayers
1: the slayers, oh, the slayers.
0: that's right thank you so when the slayers die they make little R two D two noises as they die, which oh, was do. very. I was confusing. trying to
2: pinpoint what that. Right? I was trying to pinpoint what that like horrific noise that plays yep. fifty times in this movie is. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like an R two D two. I will it say is.
1: the slayers looked pretty cool. No, uh, no, you know. they just
0: had like helmets, and then when they died, they came out like weird worms and went into the, the ground the and, slugs and made an R R2- two cool. D two. The slugs were yeah. disgusting. Is that what you that meant? Cool... Is the slugs. Yeah, the I was yerk... into that year i'm just saying, I'm just saying the design
1: the design of the slayers looked fairly good and then the fact that they were some kind of like worm monster in the human suit that was is never dealt idea. with i know but it's a neat idea i'm it's, trying to give the movie credit wherever okay. i can here it's, it's an like idea something.
0: i think we can agree that is certainly an idea they had an idea, yes. But,
1: but so those are our villains. But the uh, the hero uh, soldiers that battle them definitely have a much more stormtrooper y look. They're That's in true. this like fake plasticky armor, right? And they have to battle the slayers. Um, so I mean, the slayers operate kind of like stormtroopers. Um, but there's another thing reference I'll bring up later. But uh, but there's that, and then the the look of the the kingdom's troopers, which I will say. Um, they're on screen within the first few minutes, the kingdom's guards. And I was like, holy shit, is that? And it was. Um, the guards are, uh, you see them in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. When Pee Wee <laughs> goes on the back lot.
0: Oh my God. Uh, if
1: anyone who's watched oh, Pee Wee in a wow. long time, you know, anytime recently, Pee Wee goes on the back lot and is looking for his bike. And he goes up to some people. And one lady is like dressed as like. Uh, yes. Um, She's like a, uh, uh, you know, some kind of like gaudy outfit, um, some kind of like dancer thing, and then there's a guy in like a stormtrooper thing, and I always just assumed, oh, they just came up with something for this moment to be like, oh, that's like somebody from a space movie, but nope, mm-hmm. they used an actual costume You're from this, so right. which came oh out, God. which came out like, uh, I think Pee Wee was like eighty two, so it would have been like this would have been filming at that time. Um, so, so they, they use the costume from Crawl uh, when Pee Wee goes, he's, he asked for like directions, how to get to one of the sound stages. So anyway, so I looked that up and I was like, lo and behold, yes, uh, it is a costume from Crawl.
2: That's wonderful.
1: <laughs> uh, any other Star Wars, uh, bits that we noticed?
2: I don't think I noticed too much. It, it kind of ends at the like surface level for me. Uh, cause it's not like the main character, has any larger quest or anything or like any like doesn't really learn much and doesn't like have this like other than that sort of half-baked prophecy it's just kind of like oh i don't know i'm the king now i guess so he's not really he doesn't really come from any like he doesn't come from you know a uh different background where he has to you know ascend to that or anything it was just like He's the king within the first five minutes. So I don't know. It, it's weird in that like it take it like takes a lot from Star Wars. But for me, it sort of ends to me. What what bothers me the most about this movie is that it is just basically like a fantasy movie that it, it feels just like some middling med- medieval.
1: Like well, I think I think at least in the plot, you have the the prince character, who, as we've talked about, is like nothing. But he does have He's to the go... same as
0: the king character, to be clear.
1: Yeah sorry he starts as a prince then the both kings are killed and so then he becomes the new king um so the uh the the newly christened king is uh, going out he has to re- rescue the princess so we have like not that star wars created this but that structure of like the young hero with the old man going on a journey yeah. to rescue the princess in white who has been captured Ugh. by the villains um, so, I mean, again, plenty of fairy Anir tales is have obi very, very similar stuff. But, yeah, that, like, that those plot beats are right there.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, Anir does have, like, the Obi-Wan element to him mm-hmm. where he's, you know, you, you very quickly uh, see that, like, oh, he's going to sacrifice himself for the greater good by the end of this movie, obviously. Yeah. Uh, although I do question his death. I did not understand how he died.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's 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 talk about uh, let's talk about the what was it the widow uh, widow of the web of the web. Let's talk about that scene. So uh, a little bit of context, the uh, if there is any, the <laughs> old man the old man has to go into this like cavern to try to.
0: They're trying to figure out where the spaceship is, where the um, mm-hmm. the Black Fortress. Because for, I think is what yes, it's okay, that's the spaceship. Yeah, so the yeah.
2: the Black because Fortress, for some reason it disappears every yeah. day. <laughs> it, <laughs> that's disappears,
1: that's it disappears. It right. disappears every day. So they it have to, in like, a new place, never the same they have place. Have to go place. to a, a magical <laughs> place, and so they have to go to the Widow of the Web, who is magical, and so she's like in the center of this web, and there's this gigantic spider with this like.
0: What kind of spider, spider is it? Spider Linton. Web.
1: It's a big white spider. I don't know. It's I didn't, a like, claymation spider. Linton. What?
0: <laughs> More claymation? Thank you, I appreciate Puppets. it.
1: Puppets is your line. You cannot include any all special hate, effects. I hate. We have been
0: over how much I also hate claymation. Okay, it was very. Just saying, big claymation spider. Go on.
1: Well, I guess you just can't watch any movies anymore. Than if that's the, <laughs> no, I just want to, to be mad 80s. about it. Yes, you're ladies. eighties. So there's a big. Uh, it's a big white claymation spider, but so this old man has to go to the Widow of the Web. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tee it up for whoever wants to take it from there.
0: <laughs> it's it's a, it's a high ropes course made of web. Uh, and you're still hopeful, so hopeful, maybe this will be something interesting. Maybe this will finally... The Widow of the Web, it's a giant web. It's huge. He has to climb through it. And then he gets to the center. No, even before that, he, like somebody flips over a uh an hourglass for some mm-hmm. reason gives him three minutes to climb through the web right <laughs> and it's not clear right. why that... any of this happens no.
2: not at all <laughs>
0: <laughs> but so then he gets to the side of the web and it's just an old woman looking at a mirror in the middle of this web and then uh he starts talking to her he looks in the mirror and suddenly she's young and attractive and it turns out oh they had a thing and that's then she they talk his about baby. that <laughs> I'm getting there. They had a thing and they talk about it for it feels like twenty minutes. <laughs> I don't know how long it is, but it's a very long time. It's a very long scene. And uh basically yeah, they had a thing and he had to leave her because duties he had <laughs> he had duty to do. Um and then she's like, I was so mad of course mad at that's
1: D O O D Y. Yes. It should be. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh and then up she's the like I mountain. was <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was it. That was that's the whole point. That's what he's been doing yeah. up there all this time. Um <laughs> Yeah, she's like, I was so angry at you for leaving me. So uh when I had our baby, I killed it. Hope that's cool. And he's like, It is
1: yeah, yeah. He was, he was kind of like oh, water off a duck's back, you know,
2: whatevs.
0: It was like, what is this conversation? It was a long
2: time ago. Yeah, I get it. And like he, that was her. And then like, and then like, out of with no explanation whatsoever, that's her punishment is to live in a web of a spider yes. for the rest of her life. Where they're yeah. where Why? like, then you have to buy that. Where you're like, I guess that's a punishment in this world. <laughs> like, I guess. You and know. he
0: knew for some reason he knew that that was. He knew she was there but didn't yes. know why didn't know the, about the, the baby
2: The one right. the
1: one thing that I will give credit to this scene it was the one part of the movie where I was like oh something's actually happening and there's like some stakes for these characters That's like there was an interaction with two characters where there was like history and I could even though what was happening was like insane <laughs> I could compre- I could comprehend that yeah. there was this past yeah. history and this yeah. like pain yeah. And, the, like, the older actor, actually, I felt, like, sold it fairly well, except for, like, yeah. not giving a shit about the dead baby. But, <laughs> but like, but yeah, like, so that was, like, the one scene where I was kind of like, oh, they're, like, attempting something here more than in most scenes.
2: It's just utterly strange to me, like I said, that they would devote, like, a 15-minute scene to the supporting old man character. <laughs> yes. And the the young king, who's supposed to be our hero is gone for like 50 he's gone for a while in this sequence in this movie's, in this horrible movie's defense they basically (laughs) do
1: the same that they basically do the same thing in a new hope they dedicate a lot of time to obi-wan fighting vader and uh you know i mean that's like obi-wan
0: you know obi-wan at that point you're a fan (laughs) of him this old man doesn't talk for most of the movie He's well, there this a movie little bit. thought
1: you would like him, and it was wrong.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, and I like that in when he's uh, when he was swinging on like the web and about to be killed <laughs> by the spider, he goes Lissa, and I'm like, wait a minute, isn't that the name of right. the yes. like, princess? That's and the then main she's princess like, character. And, and so, like for some ungodly reason, they name his ex wife the same name. Her name's Lissa. And it's like – the and there's really not much of a reason why other than her being like, save the other Lissa. That's
0: exactly what it is. He uses like the Martha. name. It's like Martha.
2: It's like real Martha level.
1: So, <laughs> so what you're saying is, Steve, this movie was ahead of its time. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So so here's, here's the bit that um, – That I thought was uh, particularly kind of crazy about that moment, Uh, aside from the you know murdering the baby, um,
0: which is not seen. This this happened
1: many, many years ago,
0: so it's fine.
1: Yeah, Uh, I assume she fed it to the spider. I don't know. Who can (laughs) say? No one knows. But so, yeah, she gets there and she like tell, or he gets there and she tells him because she's like magical. She knows where the castle's going to be. The the spaceship castle thing and so he has to get back out to tell the party that's looking for it but then so steve mentioned that there's like this hourglass that's randomly introduced earlier but then when you're there there's this hourglass it's the same hourglass and she says something about it like being the time that she has (laughs) and so it's like you get this sort of like grail scene and indiana jones vibe of like Mm. oh so this is magical somehow or something okay she smashes it (laughs) and it's like okay i mean she is like remorseful for everything at that moment but then she's like transferring her life to this guy and she's like the sand is now yours And she, like, just pours it into his, like, cup, his cupped hands. She had it in containers. So, like, for the last, like, 40 years, she's been living it out with this thing. She could have just, like, handed him the the thing and been like, oh, this is yours now. But instead, she smashes it open, hands it to his cupped hands. It's pouring out of his hands. And he's just been told when the sand runs out, you run out. Like, you die. And he's like, I can't keep it. From stopping, it's like just as you can't keep time from stopping, and that old guy should have been like, "You motherfucker! I didn't ask for any of this. I had yeah, another just twenty years." It. Yeah. yeah, so she gives him this sand. Okay, but the, the, what I wanted him to be like, it's like, "Do you have a cup,
0: some right. tupperware, anything?" <laughs>
1: And then he has to climb back out over the spider ropes and like he's like guiding the, like he's so he's holding a pocket full of sand and like he's up pretty high. And it's like, I don't believe for a second he was able to walk that distance with one. I mean, he's like this, like a 65 year old guy. I don't believe for a second he was able to go across there without like just losing every drop of sand. the spider rope
0: course. Yeah, it was insane.
1: But then he gets back out and he has barely any sand left and he meets up with a party and then he's like oh the castle is in wherever and tells them and then he runs out of sand and dies
2: yeah okay i didn't realize i didn't realize as i was watching it that like her transferring the sand to him meant that he would die too because i just thought it was like here's some sand to keep the spider at bay yeah, I not thought so like too. Yeah, not just like, hey, I'm going to kill you now by transferring this sand. It's like, I'll take my chances. Like, I'm going to go run out. I'm going to run out there. <laughs> like, I don't need your sand. He made it in there.
0: Right? Then why? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And she it was like, no she's sense. like, I can
2: only I can only turn it once, the, the hourglass. Yeah. And it's like, if you're willing to break it, would you mind turning it turning again it and again? Like, letting yeah, me just... go out? Like, Also, do you maybe just have a big stick? Like, I can just try to use that and maybe I'll be okay. <laughs>
0: right. right. Oh my gosh. Oh,
2: ridiculous. I, so I, this crazy. also leads into my, cause there are so many, like the thing that's like crazy to me about this movie is that it tries so many things. And yet so many of the sequences feel so ungodly long. So like there's the widow of the web sequence, which is like mm-hmm. probably five minutes longer than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. There's at the beginning, which I know we'll talk about the glaive, which we have to touch on, uh, since it's apparently the most important thing in the universe here. Um, the, when he goes to get the glaive weapon, there's like a 10-minute sequence of him climbing some rocks, and then the scene where they get yeah, out... It's, they, it's, like, they, they,
1: it's like Mission Impossible to, uh Ethan Hunt climbing that mountain yeah, level. I,
2: they really make this guy, like this poor Ken Marshall, who plays Colwyn, they definitely made him do some dangerous climbing because... I don't know, like, how they I have, got him on some of these rocks. I have some really? fun
1: stories on that I'm going to come back to.
2: Okay. Oh, okay, good. Um, and then the third one that really stuck out to me was the scene where they tame the fire mares to go a thousand <laughs> leagues or whatever. That was, there was there my are, favorite part Clyde's, of the whole movie. There are Clydesdales <laughs> that get set
1: on fire when they run. That's yes. the crux of it.
2: And so they can run real fast, and it's another one of those. Hey, we can't get that far in this amount of time, and somebody goes, "Oh yeah, but what about those horses that do exactly what we need them to do?" And then they get them. (laughs) But like that's like such a weirdly long scene of them like hopping on some horses and like and putting their It's like, oh yeah, the horse scene. I was
1: sitting there like this
2: could be done in like twenty
1: seconds, and why is it taking five minutes? (laughs)
0: I wrote down, man, I'm so glad we got the extended horse catching edition. Thank God. It really added a lot to this movie. Although, did you notice that they were, like, legally obligated to show horses running, like, every 10 minutes? It was like, okay, there's a scene. Okay, better show them on horses, like, yeah. or else. It was it's so we many. We paid a lot
2: of money for these. So
0: many horses running scenes, and this is you gotta, prior you gotta to get the fire that Fantasy vibe. Oh, my gosh. I mean the concept the of
2: fire horses is pretty badass like it's actually a pretty cool idea
0: executed but... horribly yes, <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> well I was telling Linton before <gasps> before we started I was saying that this is a movie so ripe for a remake because mm-hmm. there are elements like that that I'm like oh this could be cool just not in this so have
0: you guys ever seen the music video shine on me by uh Oh, somebody, Dale Owens. Anyway, look it up after this because that whole sequence with the uh, horses running was perfect for. Just watch it. Just go look it up. Okay. It's unbelievable. Send it to us in the chat. I will.
2: All right, hit, hit us with some fun stuff about this uh, extended hiking sequence because that was when that was when I fully knew I was in for a bad movie. <laughs> yep. When that well, happened.
1: it's not it's not quite that. Uh, I don't okay. know. I I wouldn't put it past them. But you, the fact that you said that you thought uh, they had him do some dangerous stuff for that, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, <laughs> but uh, so it's, it, I, I don't know on that. I don't know if that was the same actor. Or, you know, if there was like a stunt man it or looked anything. like him. But um, I did read... So, like, like I said, there was it was a troubled production. They kept changing stuff. There were a lot of delays. So there were a lot of issues behind the scenes. Um, but I did read, like, at least two sequences have some, like, kind of fucked up stuff. <laughs> um, so the uh, the Widow of the Web, where we have this mm. 65-year-old man climbing across these, like, spider webs and stuff. So that did not use safety wires because the wires would have been visible so they made that old man walk a fucking wire and he's just like you know it's like clearly like they have all this like web stuff and then there's like a strong wire for his feet and for his hands but yeah like i don't know how high up that guy is this is you know on some kind of set but even if it's like 10 feet in the air. I don't know, you know, like that's sure that could kill or seriously hurt you. But yeah, they no safety wires. They just made this old man
0: <laughs> wow wander
1: out there. Here's the worst one. Um, all right, let me get this here. Boy, the fear
2: in his eyes really was real. Then
0: <laughs> it was real. It wasn't <laughs> that, that was
2: not a performance? All right. So uh,
1: I referred to this as death trap. This was the section in my notes. Um, and then the the um, uh, the old man thing came uh, underneath that. I'm just going to read this verbatim because it's going to be better than me like summarizing. <laughs> so I got this. Uh, I think this is on Wikipedia. Rehearsing the scene where Colwyn and his group are being chased by the Slayers in the Black Fortress involves stuntmen taking the part of Colwyn so that Marshall could conserve energy for final filming it involved colwyn and his men encountering a corridor where the floor opened underneath them via two set pieces Mm -hmm. quote the size of a small house that were powered by liquid and broke apart before quickly slamming back together so for some context this is near like kind of the climax of the film the heroes rushing in to try to get the princess with his band of men and it looks like It looks kind of like, like I said, like a a fun house, like at a county fair. There's like this weird sloping interiors and kind of stuff. And at one point, the middle of the floor just like splits open and there's like Mm -hmm. a second level underneath that. Some of the characters drop down below that. Our guy, like, initially goes down to help them, and then I think one of his guys is like, No, there's no time, and pulls him (laughs) back back up. up. So then it's so then it comes off like Luke Skywalker's just like leaving Han and Chewie to die, is kind of how that plays. (laughs) One of those
0: characters is a child that he leaves to die, Yes. yes. But so
2: he actually yes. he sees the he sees the slayers coming because like <laughs> they go they fall down into that pit and then the slayers are coming and they're like slayers. Yeah. And then the king is like, see ya. <laughs> yep.
1: So, yeah, so the the floor splits, it's all like curved and stuff and has this like smooth surface. It's this weird interior of the spaceship. And so the other two characters, I mean, he could have he would have stayed down there. He would have been arguably fine. He would have had to like fight stuff, but he wasn't going to be like killed within the context of the film. But yeah, so he's brought back up. And so then the floor like closes back together. So the little kid and the wizard guy are left down in this like second layer. All right. So that's the context of what you just, uh, where we're going with this. So this actor is being pulled up from this floor that opened up and is now closing together. Marshall explained that during the sequence, uh, doing that sequence gave him nightmares after it was completed (laughs) When shooting of the scene began, Marshall took more time to say his lines than the production crew expected, leading to him not making it from the tunnel in the first take. Oh, Only no. one crew member noticed this and was able to stop the machines controlling the pieces, but Marshall explained that he quote knew that if the machine didn't stop in 5 seconds, I would be dead. Another take <laughs> of the sequence was shot the next day with Yates instructing that the Yates the director instructing that the speed of the machine be slower. However, Marshall insisted on the machine being sped up, and in the final take was successful in getting away from the two set pieces alive. Marshall explained, quote, I had no feeling in my heel for months afterwards. It was really hard doing stunts afterwards, too. So if you watch (laughs) that sequence in the film, this guy is being pulled up while this floor is, like, coming together, and it's like really narrow it's like it's coming to the point of like the size of his body as mm-hmm. they're pulling him out of there and then he's like pulls up and then like his sword is still sticking in the hole and he like which wouldn't have really mattered but but he's still like he gets that out like just before Well
0: he's got to use his sword against together. the lasers.
1: I mean I mean in terms of the actor I don't know if okay. it would have mattered but but yeah like knowing that and I went and watched that sequence it's like Yeah, that guy could have died right there, right then and there, real easy. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: And what's funny is, if you don't know that, it looks 0% dramatic. It looks like, okay, this is closing, big deal. It looks like two dumb set pieces being maybe pushed together. That is unnecessarily dangerous. (laughs) Like, why would they do it like that? Yeah, like it, it, it doesn't even so look cheesy.
2: good in the final cut. No, like it doesn't even all. look like wow, whoa, he really escaped this thing. It was like no, this looks shitty. When it's <laughs> it also like, like yet he it's almost also died. The,
1: the danger of it's so <laughs> weird too because it's like they're on one level, the bottom level. It's not like there's a moat. It's not like there's alligators. There's nothing. No. It's just it's just another room. So like compare <laughs> that to like Indiana Jones, like the spike yeah. room. Obviously, like he's got to get out of there. He's gonna die. And when that thing comes down and he like. Pulls his hat out right at the last second. Yes. There's this feeling of like, all right, he got out just in time. But here mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. Dude could have hung out on that second floor or the <laughs> you know, basement fine. floor. He's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: and er- Ergo turns himself into a tiger, which somehow allows him to defeat the slayers that have their laser guns.
0: Oh, yeah, you know, tigers versus lasers. Tigers always win. That's <laughs> that's so like, known. when he
2: turn when he turns into the tiger and the slayers are like backing up in fear, it's just like did anybody at any point ever think about any of this Anything. in this movie? Anything? Well, at Steve, any you, you had a note on Ergo uh, in, in the Let's prep stuff. Let's talk about stuff. Ergo. You,
1: uh, yes.
0: you I hated a, him.
1: Yeah, but you had a specific thing you said, I think. Uh, didn't you I say- called him the
2: Jar Jar Binks <laughs> yes. of the movie. So you want to talk so about true. another Star Wars reference? He is most certainly the Jar Jar Binks of this movie. He's utterly useless yes. and is supposed to be like this sort of comic relief. And yet, even by the end of the movie, doesn't really do anything to contribute to, like, getting the princess.
0: Uh, He turned into a tiger and got shot. Uh, Obviously, he saved uh, the day.
2: He turned into a puppy to make that little kid feel better for a little bit. Yeah. And then disappeared. And then disappeared as a puppy. So then the kid has no clue where the puppy went. Bye, puppy. (laughs) I guess the puppy was killed. Okay. Did he um, go in the quicksand, too? <laughs> oh, yeah. We didn't even
0: talk about how the obligatory, like, 80s quicksand scene that also went on for way too long. It just made I'll me flashback.
2: A- 80s and '80s and uh, maybe early 90s movies as a kid really made me think I'd encounter quicksand a lot more yes, in my life. Yes, all of us,
0: yes, 100%. <laughs> and it was like, it reminded me, watching it was like, oh, yeah, quicksand was in every movie back in the day. That's right. This is fun. This is nostalgic. But this was like sawdust it was like very strange what it was this weird bog uh uh, it made no sense and boy those sound effects huh it was
2: it was like i felt bad for the guy who died in the sawdust uh swamp but uh everybody else seemed to have the one that actually died or the the character (laughs) Yeah, the three crew members. The character that very,
0: very slowly and non-dramatically died. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, right. right.
2: And, like, of course it was, like, a character that you've never even seen before. Not even sure if he was in a different scene before Whatever. (laughs) That guy. Oh, no. But ergo, (laughs) I, I find him to be so interesting, and I think of him as Jar Jar, because literally, if you just plucked him out of the movie, it would be no different.
0: No different.
1: The, ergo and all he is does, like, a is a magician of sorts he uh, ergo the the majestic or he gives himself some the magnificent crazy, magnificent um and he can turn himself into random animals so he turns himself into a dog and a goose and at the end a tiger and there might be another one somewhere in there but yeah he's that's the mr turpentine guy from willy wonka He's pretty annoying. He's played to be like the robots or like Jar Jar. He's played to be the comic relief of the yeah. film. Yeah, he is not comic, and there is no relief. So, so. inept. <laughs> <laughs> Wait,
0: can Dang. I can I read off his uh, his <laughs> like the way he introduces himself? Sure. Because he does it twice, and uh, Eric and I were actually talking about this. Me mentioning him doesn't count, right? For him being on as a guest, just checking. Yes, that, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay. Good. So uh, we were talking about this, and the line is, uh, "I am." Oh, we were talking
1: H- about Crawl with Eric.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Right, interesting. Uh, Eric. Because he's Eric, seen one it, of our
1: it. Yeah. yeah. No. Eric's one of our regulars, and he—he uh, he is actually—he actually grew up watching Crawl. Um unfortunately he was not able to join us for this episode. <laughs> I would have loved to have gotten his insights, but right? uh, go ahead, Jack.
0: <laughs> so Ergo says, "I am Ergo the magnificent, short in stature, tall in power, narrow of purpose and wide of vision." And he he says this line not once but twice. <laughs> and both Eric and I had the same thought about it. It was like, you know the writer was real proud of himself for this. You are absolutely that's like the writer's like, I am a genius. This character is so clever and I'm great. We're going to have him say it twice. That's how good this is. It's like, <laughs> nope, super not, though.
2: Yeah, none of that. And it's like, narrow, narrow of purpose. What? what of what? <laughs> what is it? Not- Tell me what it is. <laughs> that was right after he got done, like, begging some kid for a sugar bowl. He's, yeah. You know, where he's like, don't that was you the have second a sugar time, bowl?
0: Yeah. yeah. And... He was obsessed with gooseberries.
2: <laughs> yeah, go- oh, this God, Eric he's Idle knockoff.
0: Oh God, he's the worst.
2: <laughs> well, and like I thought when he's introed in the scene, because like uh, Anir and Colwyn are just chilling in the woods, and and they they right before that mention that they go need, need to find the the seer, uh, <laughs> yeah. the Emerald Seer or whatever. Yeah. This, like random ass guy, and you're like, he's oh an okay, ancient- cool
1: other obi-wan he's a second obi-wan <laughs> yeah. they yes. Introduced. Yes. we're gonna
2: up it with two obi-wans in this one and
0: second star wars
2: yeah out of nowhere some fireball just which also that doesn't make any sense a fireball comes flying into the woods and he and he ends up in like this lake and and that's ergo but like the whole for like five to ten minutes you're like is this the guy, emerald guy they
0: just mentioned him just, yeah like, it's like
2: who's this
0: uh, the it's, writer, oh my God. Just it's so my terrible. Nemesis. <laughs> it's,
1: so one and, other, uh, uh, some of these fantasy trappings is reminding me. Uh, I didn't like pick up on it. I there one aspect I did, but I was like looking at, you know, like trivia and stuff on this. Um, and they kind of pull it together. So we're talking obviously about like a lot of the connections to star Wars, that this is trying to work off of the coattails of star Wars. And uh, you know try to make similar kind of money and be its own series. But people have noted that this has a lot of similarities to the Lord of the Rings as well. Obviously, mm-hmm. not the film series, which came much, much later, but the uh, books, because you have the um, the Slayers are very similar to the Black Riders in True. how they look and in how they operate. That they're like after this band of people. Oh yeah, and they're lasers they're... also.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yes, yes. I didn't say it's one to one, Jack. <laughs> Um, But so the Slayers are similar to the Black Rider. You've got the giant spider web like Mm -hmm. uh, Shelob. Mm -hmm. And then you have uh, the one that I didn't. um, Okay. I'm not sure on that. They they talk about like the magical sword weapon like Sting. But Mm. I don't know that that I don't really see the connection necessarily with that. But the other one is the um, you see this close up in the villain's lair at certain points of this gigantic (laughs) space that looks like an eyeball. It's like it's like part of yes. the interior And like the, the girl The princess is like inside a room With this eyeball And then the villain is like disembodied voice But they were connecting how that's similar To the Dark Lord's evil eye That oversees everything mm-hmm. In Lord of the Rings Which I didn't think about But I was like oh yeah wow So uh, yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised If they were pulling from that And just flat out ripping off some of these elements <laughs> Sure
2: yeah well, you're mentioning the villain, the beast. Yes. And that's a that's a whole He was other... your favorite, Steve. Well, <laughs> the thing is like there is like like leading up to it, there they give you little glimpses of the beast and his like he's got like this claw hand and it kinda reminds me of um it almost reminded me of the dog I can't remember if it's the gatekeeper or the key master in Ghostbusters, the dog. That's well uh, they're both. The, Gozer,
1: um, are, well, Go, Gozer's the the deity, but the
2: yes, but yes, Dana, yes,
1: yes, Dana and Lewis are the gatekeeper, and the, they're both the dogs. So,
2: well, that's right. Okay, it's okay, Gozer
0: okay. that you're thinking of, though. I think. Okay, it looks like Gozer.
2: Uh, well, Gozer's. Well, the, I'm thinking the of lady. the dog. What do they call the dogs in Ghostbusters? Ah, uh, <laughs> Don't Zoo they have a name? Zul is
1: one, Zoo is one so... and then uh, Zul is Dana, That's and like it. Vince Clortho is Vince Lewis.
2: Clortho. Yeah, it's yeah. like Vince Clortho. Okay, yeah, I was getting a lot of my Ghostbusters mixed up. There. Yeah, getting um, in my
1: heavy <laughs> Ghostbusters mythology.
2: Here. Yeah, I knew I was talking to the right person. Um, so it reminded me, like the the weirdly like his be the beast hand reminded me of the Vince Clortho dog paw. Yeah, which I was like, cool. Um, cause this even predates that. So I don't know why I thought that was cool, but I think like (laughs) they, they do some like teasing of the beast that I'm like, Oh, this could be a pretty cool villain. Cause they show his head a little bit and he's like shrouded in these like shadows and stuff. And he looks makeup wise and like the prosthetics. It's like, this is pretty cool. Even though I don't know anything about the beast, his motivations, why he kidnapped Lissa or whatever. Um, (laughs) I'll put all that aside. She's
1: pretty, I think, is all we're really.
2: Well, they totally make it like so. He seems badass until they make him very desperate to marry Lissa. Where he's like, "I'll give you jewels," and <laughs> like, he's just like, well, dude, like, like, I can no... be
1: anything you want me to be, even that <laughs> yeah. dumbass guy that yeah, he you turns like. Himself...
0: Into the king, he looks like the king, except he has these terrifying red eyes.
2: <laughs> right, I could be anything, and he's still got his Ooh. weird,
0: awful voice. And He's like, Is this what you want? She's <laughs> like, Really, it isn't. No, because uh, love is more powerful, like, they're very harping oh. on the power of love, which was oh, like halfway nonsense. through, that's what
2: becomes the theme is yeah. that like, Love actually is the thing that uh, is gonna defeat the beast, not this cool ass weapon that we've been talking about. <laughs>
0: Oh god! Can like, we that's, get into the weapon?
2: I think that's a good segue after we, the beast. Yeah, is like, let's finish the beast. I think the uh, thing that really got me pissed off was that I had just spent like an hour and forty minutes on this movie, and like the beast's full reveal, which is it's never actually a full reveal. He's <laughs> yeah. always blurred. It's
0: he's never just always he's in blurred. like
1: fucking
2: like fog,
1: and like they've yes. like. They rubbed Vaseline on the lens.
0: Yes. And he's the wrong aspect ratio for some reason. I don't understand it. Like they shot all the footage for the beast in 4x3 and they're like, "Oh shit." And then just like squished it and it's like, "All right, cool, great." So, but here's strange. the thing. The actual yes. design
1: of the beast looks pretty good. Looks it good. Looks better it looks like than a lot of thing. stuff. I, I don't know. I, like, it's it's on the poster. Like, the actual, like, look of his face. I mean, you never get a full shot of, like, his body and everything, how it operates. So they clearly were, like, worried that it wouldn't come off well. But I I really think it would have come off better than what they did do. Which is, like, we barely show him, and then he's always obscured. It's not, it's not Jaws. Yeah. Like, they're not trying to make him, like, a horror character. No. So there's not really any... Once you get to the, ex- at the end where you're going to reveal him, there's no benefit to keep not revealing him, which is <laughs> yeah. what they I do. thought
2: when, I thought when Cohen got his glaive stuck in him, that when he went to go pull it out, there'd yeah. be then like a hand-to-hand combat. Right. I thought wh- it was going to be, now
1: him. we see him.
2: Mm-hmm. It was yeah. going to be Predator. And- yeah, and it's like cool, but in, like at no point does he come within like 30 feet of the beast. It's nope. the most bizarre thing in the it's, world.
0: Yeah, somehow like uh, way far away like across the room always. Like yeah. with no sense of space or how that works. And he's yeah. like giant? Maybe? Yeah,
2: I th- I think he's, I think
0: giant. he's huge. <laughs> We're not really sure.
1: We never get him in an actual space with another person, but he's always far away and yet looks gigantic. So yeah. it's like I don't know—is he using some kind of lens in front of him? Is there a funhouse mirror
0: that's making him look real? Do not big? look behind the curtain.
2: Well, the beast layer gives you no sense of space either, Nothing. because you're like, I've never seen any of this stuff in my life. So how am I supposed to? And like sometimes, like when Lissa's like. When is like, wandering through, like, the corridors, she, like, will look ahead, and they'll show the shot, and it's just a bunch of, like, random pointy shit and everything, and you're just like, okay, okay. what's this? <laughs> and, like, there is a funny one. There's a scene where she's, like, in a hallway, and it's, like, the two, like, round walls are closing in on her, and it totally looks like she emerges out of an asshole. <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> Like it's like it's totally like she just comes Steve out of a book. bringing in the important
1: details. <laughs> well, for the especially podcast.
0: because no, to be fair, like the whole okay, so Lissa gets stolen like right at the very beginning, and then spends the rest of the damn movie wandering around doing fuck all. Like she's just doing nothing. <laughs> she has zero agency. She's just wandering from room to room, going ah. And it's so stupid, but every single scene that she's in, it's like it seems like it's kind of a different body part. Like they show we had the big eye thing. And there's mm-hmm. one point where it's like a hand like kinda closing and there's all these different it seems like body parts and I actually wrote down I'm like is she wandering around inside its body? Like is that what's happening? so maybe that you're been right. Cool. Maybe you're right, Steve. Maybe yeah. she's maybe just it was, was like, his ass. That's <laughs> <could've right. been>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> maybe So
1: we'll get we'll get to the glaive here in a second, but since Lissa got brought up, um, Something you're talking about here, Jack, is like uh, directly from something I was coming across. So the actress was not a big fan of what she was given.
0: Gee, I wonder why. Surprisingly,
1: but so again, I'm going to read like direct quote here. There was one point in the writing process where it was planned that Lissa would turn into the antagonist near the end of the story.
0: That would have been was cool. Not,
1: this was not part of the final screenplay, given that the production team didn't want to want her to be quote less than pure. Uh, Lissette Anthony, the actress who played Lissa, explained that she, quote, thought that was a little boring. But (laughs) so, like you said, Jack, that would be cool, but it also made me wonder, like, has that been done before? I couldn't think of an example where you had, like, a leading lady, like, the prominent female character in, like, a sci-fi or fantasy thing where she either is revealed to be the villain at the end or she, like has some kind of change where it's like, okay, now our paths are different. And like, that's a legit interesting place to take a story. Like Mm. the best examples I could think of were like, like turncoat characters. Like, Mm -hmm. so like, um, Ilsa in in Indiana Jones last crusade, Mm -hmm. but she's not like the lead, like she's Mm -hmm. the leading woman, but she's kind of a smaller character Mm -hmm. and she's not pure on evil. She's like, I'm doing this to get the grail. And then she like kills, Walter Donovan. so she's like right. she's like very, much more gray.
0: yeah
1: um, but I, it made me wonder if they've if anything prominent has flipped that trope of okay, here's our perfect princess or here's our damsel under stress mm-hmm. or whatever. And then we end up like subverting that in a really interesting way because that's a cool place to take The, uh, the only other thing I can think of is when I saw the Lord of the Rings for the first time in theaters, I'd never read the books. And uh, Kate Blanchett's character, whatever her name is, Galadriel. Yeah, uh, or is that is that her?
0: I'm pretty sure. Yeah.
1: Okay. So when uh, Frodo like gives her, he she says yeah. like, "Give me the ring, Frodo." And he's like, "Okay." And he gives it to her, and then she becomes like this horrific, <laughs> the terrifying.
0: Vision. Yes. Yeah, and oh, she's like, so
1: cool. I, And she's like, "I will. I am Ooh. the Dark Lord. Yes. I will choose a beautiful body, not a hideous one." And me in the audience was like fuck, is that where this story goes? And then she's like, I have passed the test, Frodo. Here is the ring back. I was like, you fucker. That was so much cooler.
0: I just really like the idea of Linton being in the audience, turning to other people, is like, is this what they're doing? Hey, is this where it's going? Hey, guys. Like, shaking the audience around you be perfect. But, like,
1: that would have been a cool turn. But, yeah, it did make me wonder, though, if that has been done. I can't think of any instances. Boy. I mean, Granted, this is not the movie to do that successfully, <laughs> anyway. Right? Yeah, because it hasn't done anything w-
0: successfully yet. So
1: this could have been it. Uh, I will say, <laughs> I think, I think the to production, be fair to this movie, I think the production design is pretty good. Okay, and I think yes. it's actually pretty well shot. Yes, like it. it that's looks fair. pretty good. All the other <laughs> shit that's a mess around it. it I wrote looks down, pretty professional.
0: The directing is fine. The sets of fine are fine. None of these characters are anything.
2: Like just, oh yeah!
0: I will tell you the one
2: character that I actually liked was the Cyclops. I thought that was like a legitimately cool character. His I, eye I was think
0: disconcerting, but yes,
2: the the eye was a little bit weird. Um, but I thought they gave him he he reminded me a lot of like the Mountain or or um, the what's the name of the guy and uh, I'm always forgetting these names. The today. Hound? Uh, the Hound in uh, yeah, he's like he
1: was a tragic character.
2: Yeah, in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not, the mountain is the actual name of the guy. That's the bad the guy. But, we hate him. The, wait. Yes. Okay. So, uh, I he kind of reminded me like of that in that he's a tragic character uh, because he for some reason knows when he's gonna die. <laughs> Whatever. Wait.
0: Wait. No. I want to touch on that briefly. The Cyclops starts following them. Yes, and you find out that. Um, C- Cyclopses uh sold something I don't remember like they gave up something uh in order to be uh, probably one of their eyes that uh it was in it order re- to- it was eye, their yeah. eye yeah okay so they gave up one to- of their eyes to be like ah we want to be able to see the future but the only future the twist was the only future they're able to see is their own death that's it
2: yeah Eat. and like they thought they would they thought they would strike a deal with the beast. Yeah, and oh, was it the beast the, specifically? Yeah, yeah, it was the beast on another that. one. It's all like clicking their... in a
1: place for Jack. <laughs> yeah, She's never mind.
2: On board this movie's
0: now. amazing.
2: <laughs> their ancestors' planet. I don't know why he's on crawl now, but the ancestors' planet was like taken over by the beast, so they made a deal, and the beast screwed him over, and so whatever. But yes, okay, so he does remind me a lot of the Hound in that he's this big, hulking, tragic character that. Saves them or helps them on their journey, yeah, and sort of becomes like a you know, I don't know, endearing character throughout where he starts from a place of fear because Ergo runs away from him. And you start, you at first are like, Ugh. but um, I don't know, I thought he was a compelling character, like even with his kind of like ridiculous backstory.
1: I, I didn't think like they, they gave kind him of more than most of them. The thing that got weird for me though is like, so they said they that all the cyclopses know how they will die and then after we get like five minutes of like horse training he is going to leave them like he's gonna let them he's gonna stay there yeah yeah he's gonna stay and he tells the king like oh he like this is the time like so presumably he's going to die and i earlier in the movie they say something about like if he tries to avoid it, it will mean like, you know, a you know, like very painful, it, It'll bring him great pain or something. And so he stays behind. So I think as an audience, you're sitting there thinking like, oh, he's going to die now, but they're going off to the castle. So he must like be staying behind and some of the soldiers show up. And he fights them, or he sacrifices himself there. So yeah, you know, something's <laughs> going to happen. There's going to be a reason why he's there and dies there. Because there's no, they're just in the middle of nowhere. So there's no reason did he just like have a heart attack out there? Was that his death?
0: You're I don't right. know. Show, there's this. But show, shot I shit myself to <laughs> death. I,
2: my vision was that I shit myself to death in the desert. <laughs> I
0: didn't want any of you to see it. Please leave. But here's, the, <laughs> but here's the thing. So
1: then later he he ends up going to the castle. So he does join them, and that's when he gets crushed to death. But, and he, like, saves people, so, like, I think the movie's going for, oh, he actually went against fate, and because of that, he dies here horribly by being crushed to death, but otherwise he would have, like, died in his sleep on a, on a hill back <laughs> Next there. Next to a bunch
0: of horses? I don't know, but the, it,
1: it's so ill-defined, like, much yeah. else in this movie. But, yeah, I, I'm with weird. you, though, that, like, that aspect had some potential
0: his haircut did not though this weird prince valiant haircut that I couldn't stand like I mean just in general the like costume design was so hit or miss and mostly miss but like (laughs) a lot of time it was just boring it's just boring visually as far as costumes go there were some absolutely stellar visuals like I don't know where they shot this but some of the landscape shots were gorgeous it was beautiful it was like, oh, this is very nice. And then, you know, they would talk and that was not very nice.
2: I think they shot like all over the world, if I'm not mistaken. Man, like, like with for all
1: school. that budget. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking and I it's was just actually. Just thinking as good that. as the fall. <laughs> the uh, end. So two other uh, crazy uh, moments for me. Um, so I don't know if anybody noticed this, but near the end the like spaceship is breaking apart. They've defeated the beast, and I don't know, because they were in his beast body or spaceship body. I don't know. For some (laughs) reason, it's, like, blowing up, and they have to run away, and there's, like, this big bridge, and, like, it doesn't look like a normal (laughs) Uh bridge. It's, like, all slopey and stuff, and, you know, like, looks like it's made out of ceramic. Um, So it's, like, all these characters that have been part of the party have to run away. Did anyone catch what they do when they're on the bridge? It's just for a couple seconds, but I rewound it to make sure (laughs) So they're running on the bridge and there's like it's one of those things where it's like rocks are falling behind them and literally knocking off sections of the bridge as they're going. So like chunks behind them get get removed Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: then they're running toward like the exit. So there's like a big hole and then eventually they're going to like wind through hallways and get out. So, like, rocks literally just, like, fell and knocked out a big section a couple Mm -hmm. seconds ago. Mm -hmm. They just stopped dead on the bridge. There's nothing (laughs) in front of them. There are no rocks. My (laughs) guess is that they, like, it was supposed to be, like, oh, there's going to be debris that falls down. And then the special effects people fucked up and didn't put it in. (laughs) Because they stopped for a couple seconds. And then they start running again. I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Amazing. The other bit, I don't know if this jumped out to Uh. anyone else, but... I put down that the spike room sucks. Oh, so stupid! <laughs> because <laughs> it was they so, so bad. these these other characters go into a spike room like uh, Temple of Doom. And so these spikes are coming out, which none of them look convincing in the slightest. They, like, like,
0: wiggle. It's like, okay, yeah, right. this is they, rubber. Right.
1: Great. They they wiggle and they look, I think they look almost like they're, like, made out of wood anyway. They don't yeah. even look yeah. like metal. So it's like you <laughs> right. could probably just, like karate just karate break them. <laughs> but, yeah. But it's like the editing, editing of that scene is so bad because there's, like, spikes that are supposedly entering people's body. And I'm watching, like, this one guy who dies – there's like a spike coming toward him and he's like, Oh no. And then you see the spike like start to pierce his stomach. And then the shot after that is the spike clearly three inches away from his stomach again. He's like, Oh no. And then it's back in his stomach. And I was like, how, how did you get this job? That is so embarrassing that this happened.
2: (laughs) Well, and like it cuts to the, our main ruffian uh, guy and, out of nowhere, he's suddenly surrounded by spikes. Like, yes. there's no, you know, at one point he seems pretty much in the clear, and then he's like, no, don't go. And then he's like covered in spikes. And it's, yeah, like, it, it, that's, I think, one of the problems with this is that any scene in this movie that's supposed to be like suspenseful or exciting completely <laughs> misses the mark. Fails like,
0: entirely, yes.
2: Entirely. It, there is never <laughs> a point. Where you were like, oh, that was that was fun. That was exciting. Like,
0: I, we, it's I wasn't so sure. Bizarre.
2: It's it was... so bizarre to see a movie that has this many set pieces <laughs> nailed like none of them.
1: Not not a one. <laughs> Incredible.
2: <laughs>
1: Another bizarre uh, like random thing is I noticed that so as we said that they're like laser blasts from some of the villains and um, when they start firing particularly like when they get back to like the villain's lair and they're missing some of the heroes i noticed that a lot of the laser blasts make a cow ricochet <laughs> sound right. like yes. a cowboy's gun so in an old weird. western like it is not a space <laughs> sound oh, at gosh. all yes. it's like you are watching like a western from the 50s and i was like that is so out of place right now
0: <laughs> so there's just so many times where the sound effects are like really that's that's what you're going with? Oh Okay. Oh, you're really leaning into it. Okay. That was an honest choice, I guess.
2: Cool. That was the only only thing they had access to at Columbia, apparently. It was like, <laughs> I, I don't know. All right, We Steve, don't have you want laser to talk sounds. About,
1: uh, you want to talk about the Glaive?
0: Please, yes.
2: We've got to talk about the Glaive because got that to. is when the movie i believe when the movie starts in the title sequence when crawl it's
0: flying through space
2: <laughs> yeah that's the thing flying around and so you're like okay i guess this is going to be like the most important weapon of all time but it's, it's like suddenly... a, it's
1: like a curved starfish like with
2: knives at the end yep yeah <laughs> that,
0: okay it's, but and... they 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 flip out like a uh, a switchblade almost and it's yeah. like man you could so kill yourself just by opening these totally. knives because they go shook, like they come out very fast it's like if like, you're holding it strong it'll just slice your arm right open
2: yeah like it kind of acts like a boomerang but like i'm not trying to catch yep. that thing <laughs> <Right>. yes <laughs> no, no thanks <laughs> but yeah so be like
1: that guy in road warrior who tries to grab that uh, metal boomerang <laughs> out of the air and loses <laughs> all his fingers right
2: <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so Colwyn has to go, he uh, has to go on some quest. Uh, Anir uh, finds him after this big battle and is like, come with me, kid. And uh, they go, you know, he sends him up this hill to go get this weapon. He's like, you know, this basically it's kind of like an Excalibur thing. It's like nobody's ever gotten this weapon before. And like, he's like, well, cool. I guess I'll just go get it. And, you know, if I don't, whatever. And he's like. He's like, if you don't come back with it, you don't come back at all. Yes. And you're like, oh, what cool stuff's going to happen in this cave? Turns out, nothing. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs)
0: Nothing.
2: (laughs) He goes into the cave, and it's, like, submerged in lava, and he just goes kind of like a shrug of the shoulders and just dips his hand in there, baby. <laughs> yoink. All the way
0: in there, yep. Just, yeah, just the... like,
2: I guess I'll take this.
0: And there's no pain. He's not registering any pain. It's no. not like, there's no, no like smoking or anything. There's no like, oh, this is actually difficult. It's just like, I- I'm I... doing this, I guess. I, I guess. guess that. And yet, and so... nobody,
1: nobody ever did this before? You guys, is <laughs> this the right glaive? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and like, there, it also somehow still takes entirely too long they keep cutting to like pick a shot of his face and then cutting back to his hand submerged in the lava and then kind of like cutting to back and forth for reasons unknown to me and then he pulls two hour movie (laughs) it's like i mean this is a
2: two hour movie
0: (laughs) you're right the editing was just awful in this
2: i guess that now that i think of it him being able to put his hand into that lava is like an eventual Callback to when he shoots the flames out of his hand through the power of love. Right, that,
0: <laughs> right, absolutely, <laughs> totally. Like-
2: That has to be what it is.
0: It isn't. You're thinking way too hard. That is certainly... (laughs) It's not even a little bit related. I'm sure anybody involved in crawl is like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's it.
0: Yeah, we (laughs) planned that. Uh, Yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah.
1: Well, and Steve, Um, as you know, you don't need money. You don't need fame. You don't need credit cards (laughs) to ride this train. Glaive. Oh, all right. (laughs) That would have been good. Um, I will say, on the subject of the glaive, so yeah, it gets gets near the end, and he's fighting the beast, and he's with the girl, and I think, like... He already threw the glaive, and it...
0: God, it, okay. It, it,
1: it, 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 he thought he killed the beast, and it didn't, but yes, but there's a line where she says she realizes this, and this the power of love of their bond, because there's some bullshit at the beginning about, like... When
0: they were getting begin- married.
1: <laughs> when they are getting married, it's like him beginning the fire, and her oh, right, right. being, you know continuing it or i i don't know it's like he puts he puts like fire in water yes and that's mm. some kind of symbolic you know i don't know, semi-sexual and gesture then she pulls um, it out yeah and it's and it's a flame you know so she's the only one anyway so he like does some effects. kind of like Mwah. he does some kind of thing to attack the beast but before that happens she says it's not the glaive it's you and i am could not help but flash to the Schwartz is in you, Lone Star. <laughs> it's in you. Forget the ring. I found it in a crackerjack box.
0: It was just, they made such a huge goddamn deal out of this lava starfish. At the beginning, like you said, he's like, all right, you have to, it's the most important weapon. This is going to save you. And like to the point where uh, old man, dramatic hermit man, whose name I can't, the old one was like, "Uh, you can't even use it. Don't use it. You have to use it at the right time. (laughs) And the king's like, when's the right time? He's like, you'll know. That's almost (laughs) verbatim, by the way. And so the whole freaking movie, the entire movie, goes through. He doesn't use it until finally he faces the beast, you know, a football field away at the end. And he throws it, he flings it up. no, it's it's actually before that. he's killing people in this room. He's killing bad guys in this room. It's like, oh cool, it's a good thing you saved it. It's a good thing we didn't use it before because I guess. for no reason at all. And yeah. so he throws it at the beast. it hits him the beast falls over and dies. And it's like wait what And it's like they keep cutting closer to the the glaive in the beast. And uh, they keep cutting back to the, the king who's, like, holding his hand out, like, come on, come back. Yeah, We're yeah, starfish, right, right, Come back. And they keep cutting back and forth. And I'm like, is, are we, are we sad? Did the starfish die? Like, what's happening right now? What is this? Are we supposed to feel it, yeah. an emotion? And then, of course, the monster comes back for one last scare. And so what was the point? What was the point of the grave at all? Why? <laughs> Why? Why was this? At all, it didn't do squat. I'm so it's mad. It's
2: amazing, it's an amazing choice that they have this like legitimately cool weapon, and like for no reason at all, they they write themselves into a corner where they're like, don't use it, don't even think about it, don't even pull this cool weapon out. This thing that would Luke, be like, if you use this lightsaber, so <laughs> yes, help me yes. God.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yes.
2: And it's like, well, why can't I? Just don't ask any questions. You. That's son what of he a said. Bitch. Yes. Yeah, it, And then you're right, yeah, the Glaive doesn't even have a role in killing the Beast. He just gets up and he's like, I'm just as powerful, and it's like... Worthless. Okay. Oh, my God, what a stupid movie. (laughs)
0: It's so stupid. So bad.
2: So, uh, a
1: couple other other things. So, uh, I'll I'll quote this again. Special effects artist Brian Johnson stated in a 2009 interview that Yates, the director... Hated working on the film so much that in the middle of shooting, he took a vacation to the Caribbean, which led to the special effects artist taking a three-week break from the project. That so the also director, explains a lot. director just Love walked
0: it. at some point.
1: <laughs> um, the other thing, um, I just want to, like, real briefly we can uh, touch on this, but because um, we, we talked about how this is, like, clearly trying to ape Star Wars and, uh, you know, we're, we're very much like children of the 80s and 90s here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just wrote down a, a, a list and there's many others. But just to think about like how because of Star Wars, we, we talk about its importance of pop pop culture. And then obviously we're immersed with it now, now that the Disney era has begun. And it's not just, you know, Lucas like ending it to, uh, 15 years ago or whatever. But if you think about like all the sci-fi and fantasy properties that would not have likely existed or wouldn't have been greenlit or would have been much harder for them to be. I mean, here's just like some that were shortly after in the late 70s, going into the 80s. Alien, Star Trek, the motion picture, Excalibur. Um, not all these are like amazing things, but this is, like a TV thing. Uh, Clash of the Titans, Battle Beyond the Stars, another Star Wars knockoff, Legend. Ice Pirates, Hawk the Slayer, Beastmaster, Sorceress, Deathstalker, Conan, Star Crash, Black Hole, Lady Hawk, Dark Crystal, oh, Labyrinth, Labyrinth, and uh, Princess Bride, arguably. So, yeah, I just... Uh, because this is one of those time capsule movies, and it's so immersed in that era. Uh, I just didn't know if we had anything to like talk about of like how Star Wars affected like so much of like fantasy and sci-fi uh, going forward.
0: It's tricky to say, I don't know. I think of Star Wars so much as a sci-fi movie and not a fantasy movie that it's hard for me to see how it would affect that. But there's certainly that kind of like 80s. Um, explosion of wait we have special effects and we can do like crazy weird magic stuff now so I guess like Mm -hmm. you could argue there's magic in Star Wars the force is basically magic and man there just really was that explosion that's true I don't know I've never really thought about it all being connected to Star Wars it's all Star Wars all the way down (laughs) (laughs) but it's possible it's totally possible Definitely. I mean, I there's always Wars... those.
2: There's those generational movies, you know. There's Star yeah. Wars, and then uh, similarly, you know, Jurassic Park uh, ushered in the age of maybe like modern CG, and mm-hmm. that started like blockbuster cinema in the nineties. And then you're, you I'd know, say
1: Jurassic park and independence day, probably kickstart a lot of like, just disaster yeah. movies. Cause there yeah, were tons of good. those in the nineties. Yeah. Two- Dante's peak and uh, earth, or not earthquake, but um, something earthquake was an older one. Uh, deep well, Impact, volcano uh, uh, Armageddon peak, Armageddon, yeah. the volcano. Yeah. yeah. The core was
0: one yeah.
2: boy. That movie stinks. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, And then like, and then, and then I think just like even, I don't know, uh, how movies are structured now in, you know, the way the MCU has become a lot of studios, most have failed, have tried to build universes out of their, their films now. And Mm -hmm, so that, that has been a trend for a, a while of studios trying to like immerse you in this large, larger universe with, Mm -hmm. through these individual movies, yeah. So I think it's it's like every decade, you know, seems to have maybe those one or two just sort of just generational movies where mostly due to just greed uh, studios <laughs> will, you know, be like, we can do that. Right. And but but then again, it does it does influence and and like push forward genres, uh, storytelling um you know, technical aspects of movies cuz like even though some of these movies are like ridiculous and like crawl is like legitimately pretty terrible, <laughs> it's trying to tell a pretty in- like an interesting enough story where it's like they're just swinging for the fences and <laughs> I do appreciate that especially in the 80s they were just like anything goes. Like it it really That's was true. like what whatever the fuck you want to say, go for it. And <laughs> the nineties had a lot of that too. And I always appreciate movies, even when they're like, you've said, you've seen much worse. There are way worse movies than crawl. Like crawl still Mm -hmm. does some things where I know I'll always think about the glaive (laughs) for better or worse. Um, you know, I don't know. It's, um, that's a princess bride
0: reference. Yeah. I
2: don't know. I think, uh, I think of it in those terms. I think more like, uh, just that, that influence. And, um, from like a general sense I guess and like uh, I, I start to think about like the other movies you know as a kid in like the 90s what kind of became like those generational movies and I can definitely appreciate the things that come after same with like the Matrix it's like yeah. oh, how many yeah. things tried to do the bullet Ch- time sure
0: did yeah
2: uh, you know well, uh, action scenes You know, horror, so it's always it, cool to see that
0: it
1: happens True. in horror a lot too I mean I know both of you are big horror fans but if you look at different generations of horror there are definite periods where it's like we're going to make every zombie movie we possibly can mm-hmm. like yeah. when george mm-hmm. romero especially like in the 80s after dawn of the dead and day of the dead there was all the return of the living deads and like the italian version zombie and all that kind of stuff and then we had even more zombie movies like after land of the dead and resident evil and stuff hit mm-hmm. um they they started doing uh, a lot more um And then I know, like, the 80s also had a ton of werewolf movies were suddenly popular for some reason. (laughs) Um, So you'll see these kind of weird, like, cycles where certain types of horror movies are like, we're going to make 50 of these in the next seven years, whether (laughs) you like it or not. The found footage? The found Uh, footage era? My God.
2: (laughs) They just... They went full on with that because it was so cheap. It was cheaper than yeah. a, a normal Correct. horror, which is already cheap. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> we can make this for sixteen dollars and we'll make seventy
2: five million. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously, oh. I
1: uh, I genuinely disliked uh, Paranormal Activity, and I oh, always interesting. I always disliked the fact of like how cheap it was and looked, and then went on to become this cultural phenomenon. I was like, that movie isn't good
2: at all and then because Uh, it was so
1: cheap i the uh, we could do a show on it but the acting isn't good and it doesn't look good so what's left (laughs) the scares aren't the scares aren't good all it is is just like you hear some like banging around and it's like oh is the demon in the closet i don't know honey maybe he is (laughs) there's no monster there's nothing
0: happens i just saw them recently like within the past year for the first time it was like uh, quarantine and my yeah. roommate Izzy who's also a huge horror fan was like well let's watch these I was like cool I've never seen them and I like them I enjoy yeah, them I mean, they're I different did, and I'm that's actually hard to do in horror
1: solely mm. on the first one I never watched past that oh, so maybe okay. the other ones are better I, like I watched the, the first one and I was just like so checked out and I was yeah, like yeah nope, fair I mean done. I
0: understand that I still enjoy them I felt but the ones, I get
2: that I felt the ones with the little girls were yeah. That that one was very effective. Because the later
1: ones, maybe the later ones, they might have like been okay. Let's make them real movies now. Because the first one was just kind of like a couple filmmakers putting something together, and it got released by a studio. I think it helped
0: that I watched it way after the hype, so I had no hype for it. I know, like when they came out, it was like huge. It was a big deal. Kind of like if you were to watch Blair Witch Project uh, during the hype, and it's like that was it. That yeah, that's it. But since I'm past the hype, I can just appreciate it kind of like for what it is. But
2: the hype, the hype gets you. I will say this. I saw it in theaters. I saw the first paranormal activity in theaters in college. And the hype, to me at least, added that element of the way the Blair Witch Project, you know, everyone was like, is this real? And then uh, yeah. uh, paranormal, Act- paranormal Activity was doing something so different at that time mm-hmm. that I think it was that maybe just like fresh perspective of horror that mm-hmm. ju- because because who isn't afraid at times of you know some like oh a door creaking in their house or yes. you know like it, it's such an innate fear that we all have that it really drew on that and i will i will totally cop to this that i saw that movie by myself in athens and when it was done it was late at night. I drove home and I ran up the stairs to my apartment and <laughs> hid under my covers. Yes. Like right. I was I was very frightened of that movie. It's awesome.
0: That's the point and, that that's why great. we watch those movies. Right. Yeah. That's, that's like that's and I what, loved it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I will always wrong, appreciate Litton. those.
2: Yeah, I'll <laughs> always appreciate those movies for like how while while it, revisiting it, I'll probably be like, This movie's not great. I will always appreciate how I felt that first time seeing it like Totally. With a, crowd and like i don't know that i didn't i
1: didn't see it in the theater i did see the blair witch in the theater when it came out so that was i was there amongst the hype but i did not watch uh, paranormal activity until after the fact Mm. but as far as hype goes and like gimmicks that leads me into uh one last note i have for this so apparently as a promotional gimmick for the film the studio created an essay contest this is crawl an essay Mm. contest for people to get married (laughs) Don't laugh, Jack, because the best is yet to come. An essay contest for people to get married, dressed in costumes from the movie. A dozen lucky winners were married off in a one-day-only ceremony in 1983. The gimmick was dropped afterwards since it garnered no additional press coverage for the film. <laughs> so, like, can you imagine? Like, here's, here's the thing that just I love about that, is that people entered because they clearly were like big sci-fi fantasy fans and they're like oh this could be the next star wars or something and i loved that so there are like there are people out there whose parents wedding story <laughs> is they were married dressed as characters oh my from God.
0: crawl I desperately want a. Where are they now? Following up with these people and talking about it, like yeah, it'll be more like that I've British documentary
1: anything. Seven Up. We just follow all the crawl <laughs> yes. people like throughout <laughs> decades of their lives. Oh
0: my god!
2: Why That's is Dad incredible. a cyclops in your wedding photo? <laughs> <laughs> Mom, did you marry a goose man? <laughs> I like, I and I, I especially love that tidbit because it literally means not one publication picked up the story and they were like, <laughs> screw this. <laughs> like, that is hard to Incredible. do. That, like, nobody was like, yeah, sure, we'll write something
0: Phenomenal. about this.
2: Phenomenal. <laughs> Zero right. press coverage. That's wild to me. <laughs> On that note, would you
1: recommend Kroll? <laughs> uh,
0: I think Steve really hit it on the head when he said this is amazing for making fun of it's not so crazy that like the whole time you're like what is happening it's not like that so there's so, there's ample time for making jokes which is of course what i was doing the whole time it's fun for that there's very little else to this movie
2: yeah I it it absolutely is a movie that you need to see in a group once once every, you know when everybody's uh Vaccinated. the first thing you can do is invite everybody over for a special viewing of <laughs> crawl. That'll be the first thing do that you, you do when friends? you get out in society <laughs> <laughs> and you won't see him again for a year. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I, I will say I can completely see how children of the eighties would see this as a call. Cause this movie does have a cult status. It, it, it is like, does it? Yeah. I think it is like generally liked by, Kids of the 80s, for the most Does part. Does Eric worship um, this
0: movie, and I didn't know it? No, he's been he, hiding it this whole time.
1: He did say uh, when I was asking him about it, he said he watched it again a few years ago, like because he or I it was maybe like ten years ago. He said he grew up watching it, and then um, like a friend's girlfriend or something was aware of it, and so they ended up watching it. He's like, oh yeah, I, I used to watch that, and he said it was pretty bad. So
0: his <laughs> his adult
2: <laughs> self watching it was like, yeah, crawl's yes. not good. <laughs> yeah yeah but it is it absolutely is worth a viewing for uh its ridiculousness and uh maybe some of its like weird cultural impact that it's had to some extent um I have to imagine there's a shit ton of crawl. Stuff that you can find on eBay, which I'm going to do after we've done recording. Steve, you like because looking up, like,
1: now. like uh, paraphernalia of super weird and obscure movies. I, I love like it. Tracking I love doing down. that. I really I wonder do. if they have any of the, the like, uh, helmets on Etsy of those, uh, oh. those,
2: those guard guys. Dude, I'm on it. <laughs> I will find it. Uh, but, yeah. No, I, w- I would say uh, if you're looking for a movie to goof on, this is the one.
0: I feel like I meant to make a note of um, the fact that you know this movie is terrible when Liam Neeson is in it, and we didn't even talk about him at all. I mean, we talked about we touched. <laughs> we on had his nothing existence. to talk about. That's how yeah. bad. That's how you know this movie is terrible. And is Liam freaking Neeson in the movie in several scenes has talking parts, and yet. Not even worth talking about. He, he has a wife
1: who he says he doesn't cheat on, and he's probably lying. That's about the most. No, he has that seven, wives. He has, oh, seven wives. he has seven wives and tells I all of them all that, that he, okay. they're the only one. <laughs> I was probably finding information about the Crawl weddings at that point and missed that. <laughs> all right. Yeah, for me, Crawl uh, is kind of what you guys are saying. I mean, we've obviously been goofing on it this entire time. It's not a good film. We were very upfront uh, in that, although none of us knew for sure walking into this, it could have been an undiscovered gem for all we knew. Um, Like I said, it's just one that I've been vaguely aware of for years from seeing the poster. I, I will defend like the look of it is uh, most of it looks like pretty good and professional. Um, There is some solid uh, like costume work and stuff, production design, but yeah, the, the ultimate, end result is just a mess of ideas it's it's like too many cooks in the kitchen or nothing is like fully developed all kinds of issues that are at play i'm sure and then like the director just like leaving and them changing (laughs) issues and them nearly killing actors like old men actors (laughs) and young men actors so yeah this is just kind of a nightmare of a production and if you know enough about film history you know there's plenty of great movies that had nightmare productions like Mm -hmm. jaws was Mm -hmm. like very troubled and casablanca was very troubled and so like great art can come out of that stuff but bad... now arguably yes well uh francis ford coppola lost the use of his legs for a while while filming that movie out of <laughs> stress christ yeah but um but so while great art can come from all of that bad art can come from <laughs> that too as we see sometimes Everything going wrong isn't good for the movie. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, like Crow, I, I agree with them that it's like, it's a good movie to goof on. I mean, I was watching it alone. It would be much more fun if you were watching this with a group and mocking it. I know this is not like um, uh, a mystery science theater movie that I'm aware of. I would not be surprised if Riff Tracks has done it, though, because they will do because they don't have to actually own the rights to those films or the rights to show them. They can just record a track for it and you can put it on. And they did all kinds of like super famous movies. So I wouldn't be surprised because they've been doing riff tracks for like a decade at this point or mm-hmm. 15 years or something. So, um, so that might be worth uh, checking out. Uh, if you're into fantasy, if you're into sci-fi stuff, it's like possibly worth checking out as a curiosity. <laughs> Um, But if it comes down to would I recommend Crawl, not sincerely, not (laughs) non-ironically, only ironic watching for Crawl. Um, Yes, your
2: curiosity in sci-fi must be morbid if (laughs) you want to watch this. (laughs) I mean, kind
1: of the level if you're a horror fan and you're like, you know, like Steve and I, when Halloween comes around uh, October, um, we will get... A subscription to shutter and we'll just be like oh i've never seen this thing before and it's probably garbage but hey here we go and like yeah. <laughs> that's our level of like horror fandom of like we're just like looking for gems or looking for interesting stuff or just giving something a whirl i'm sure there's some sci-fi fantasy fans out there who are like that and they'll just like they'll check out whatever they'll like give it a shot so yeah, some people might uh, enjoy it on that kind of level, but yeah, it's it's just too much of a mess of a movie. I love championing like a, a lesser known film. Uh, we've done it many times on this podcast. I love like oh, saying this is this is something that people should know. This is something that didn't get its due. This is not something people should <laughs> know, and it got more due than it deserved. But yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so for me, it's it's not really a recommendation um, outside of those stipulations. Okay, so that brings us to can I find this? Um, crawl might be a little harder to track down uh, compared to uh, some of the other ones that we've uh, looked at, surprisingly. So it is on Amazon Prime. I did find that somebody has uploaded it in full on Vimeo. So I think that's, like, for free. <laughs> yes. Um somebody has uploaded it in full in 10 minute parts on youtube so you can watch the entirety (laughs) of crawl that way um but i wasn't seeing like our regular listings of you know when i look up like if movies on streaming you usually see like a lot of different options they might be out there but the regular breakdown of them i wasn't seeing so like there are obviously at least a few ways that you can track down crawl if you want and then it is on DVD, and you can get crawl on Blu ray for the low, low price of $6.99. So, what a deal! If you want crawl, it's out there.
0: Walk, don't <laughs> crawl. Wait, run, don't oh. crawl.
1: We'll edit that out, Jack. Um, so no, that, you won't. Uh, <laughs> no, I won't actually. <laughs> so, that, uh, that wraps us up for crow we will be back next time with a much better film we are going to be looking at swiss army man the uh very bizarre movie that stars paul dano and daniel radcliffe um, paul dano is a weirdo in the woods and daniel radcliffe is uh a corpse for the whole movie who has spontaneous erections and farts a lot if memory serves there's a lot of it's a very weird indie movie very like quirky and dark um, made a splash somewhat uh, when it came out a few years back and uh, based on its content alone it is uh, worth the watch and one of our uh, regular members wanted to do it for the show so we're doing swiss army man next see you then